serve a magnificent God. Hallelujah. Y'all can be seated. Amen. Just sitting here taking it all in and being blessed by our youth. Amen. God has really taken them to higher levels, drawing them closer and closer as they grab hold of his word and principles. Amen. I'm, I'm excited. Just watching, amen. And it's just the beginning, amen. Because truly, you know, we, you know, even as we're saying, there's an army rising up. I think they done rose up. Uh, I think they done rose up. Uh, I think they, they, they're getting ready to take over. Amen. Yeah, but I'm going to be right in there with them. Amen. How about you? I'm not going to let these young people run me over and leave me behind. Amen. I'm, I'm going to be right there with them, amen. I thank God for them. They help keep us young. Amen. But as she said, before we get into the Word, there's a couple of couple different people I'd like to come and to share. Because God is doing some amazing things in living faith. Amen. And just the first one I'm going to call, I'm going to call the herons up just to share for you know, a couple minutes. Amen. Because truly we, we have seen God raise Dane up from a handful to a man. Amen. And what God has done and yet doing in his life is, you know, amazing. I talked to him on Saturday and just, just talking to him on the phone. I was like, wow, this, this, this young man is really somebody. And it's because of what's been passed down to him. Praise the Lord. I just want to give God all glory and all honor. Um, Dane is a testimony all in itself, his birth, everything. A lot of you already know that. But God has had his hand on him from, from birth. From birth. Um, I can give you so many different testimonies, but the one today is, you know, Dane could have just gave up when he didn't get a scholarship um, here, you know, playing sports. So I told him, from the get-go, listen, mama got the money. <laughs> you want to go to college, you're gonna either have, your academics is going to have to get you there or your sports is going to have to get you there. You're going to have to do your best. Give it, give, do it unto God. And God will do it, right? So, old high school year, I think he played good. Y'all think he played oh, good? Oh, he played excellent. Ooh, he yeah. didn't get it. He got a couple of scholarships, you know, $3,000 here or, or $1,000 there. And I'm thinking, babe, mama told you. That ain't it. Have it. So, you know, that's 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 on paper books. Okay, so you know, let's just keep praying. Let's just keep praying. And and God made a way for him to go. Now listen, now he could have just gave up and said, you know, I already graduated high school. But this is a this was a postgraduate position where he would still be in high school. He would go an extra year to get his grades better and ever be seen. But he was all the way on the other side of the and listen. <laughs> It's also was fifty five thousand dollars to go. And I said, listen. Again. So they said, Okay, this is what you need to come up with two thousand dollars and we'll pay for everything else. Okay, that's that's I don't have two thousand dollars. Okay? I I don't have it. Um, and I got discouraged. Um, we live in a mobile home and about three years ago I tried to get a refinance. We had a 6.5 interest rate. And it, I just kept seeing going down and down. I was like, oh, why would you know, I want to get in on, in on that. 
And everybody I would call and try to get an interest rate with, they said, you live in a mobile. They didn't even give me a second chance. You know, they wouldn't even talk to me about it. But during this time where we needed this money to go, somebody came to us and said, you got a VA loan? Um, we, you know, we're, we're, we're making it where it's like 2%, 2.5% of VA loan. I'm Come like, on. Mm, I don't even want to talk to you. I already know I'm in a mobile. <laughs> you know, I'm in a mobile. He said, we don't care what And during that time, we ended up getting a loan, um, get, bringing our interest rate from 6.5 down to 2. And Doing that, you know how you have to pay those costs and all this stuff? We didn't have to pay costs. They gave us money back. They gave us $1,800 in order money back, which was the money we needed to send Dane over there. God is good. And also, not only did he give us the money we needed, my, my mortgage went down to the amount that made it easier for us. Because not only did I have to pay for it. Now, you, listen, they say $2,000. They didn't tell you about the, the um you got about bedding, you got about all this stuff to go over there, plane tickets back and forth. But with that mortgage going down, it would made it easy for me to be able to do that without anything else. I thank you, Jesus. Now, back to Dane, because he was praying during this time that, you know, I don't want to, this is what I want. Pray to God, kept praying to God, kept praying to God. Now, he had to do another year of high school. But in that, he got five offers of food. Now, not, now, when you say full ride, I'm talking about schooling. I'm talking about food. I'm talking about lodging. I'm talking about everything. He could have gave up. He could have said, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and go with it and do what I need to do. But he said, I, I want to I I do something. Come kept on, on come praying, on. kept on praying. Men in this house sold into him. He's so thankful. Men in this house sold to him financially and spiritually. So thank you. Now, here's the thing. Now, you got five to pick from. Five. And then the pressure's on. They calling me. They calling him to come. and want to come see me. I said, listen, you don't need to come see me. I'm not making that decision. I was, I was a very strict, um, very ruling, powering, controlling mom. He grown. You need to impress him. Not me. Come on. And um, so he went to one school because he, he, he got to get five visits. He gets to get five official visits is what they call it. And he went to one school, and the first thing they did was take him to a, a frat party, offer him drinks. And I'm thinking, you didn't research the boys, okay? If you want to, I mean, that might be the way you recruit most recruits, but you didn't research the boys. He went said, Mom, I just went to a room, found a room, and watched basketball. The coach called me and said, so what do you think? I said, I'm just going to be honest with you. You didn't research the boys. He calls me and tells me about a party. My son's a hardcore Christian, and the first thing you do is take him to a party and offer him liquor, and he's only 18 years old. And that wasn't a good first impression. Now, he did enjoy the rest of his trip, but he wasn't. that wasn't a great first impression. And for the future, for you, when you start recruiting people, I suggest you research it. <laughs> just a, just an advice. Right. So the next coach calls me, <laughs> and he's telling me, I said, oh, let me just ask you, what you plan on doing with my son? Because I'm going to give you a little heads up. Don't take him He said, oh, oh, no, no, no. I've already been to his school. I've already talked to his advisor. I already talked to it, um, his, him personally. The head coach has already been there visiting. 
I got playing hockey. I got play. there's a there's a Christian group of, of, of athletes who meet are non-denominational. I said this is literally. I think that you might. I said okay. Um, Dane gets there, and the coach calls us. We're on speakerphone, and he gives us the whole rundown, um, full ride scholarship, what that includes. The one thing that it didn't include that the other schools and parties did include was books. He said, but we don't pay for books because we can get one more scholarship to another child. He said, but if I need to, I will, but this is why we haven't paid books for everybody. I said, you know what, I, th- I, think, I think I can pay for some books. Right? I think I can pay for some books. Dane, um, he's going to University of New Hampshire starting in August. Full ride scholarship. The only thing not they not paying for is books. God is good. God is good. God is good. They didn't make that decision lightly. He he called on his pastor. He called on his brothers to pray with him. This was he said, I said, Dane, what is, how's the football? He said, I'm not really worried about the football. He said, I can't leave here with a master's in teaching. I can, I can not only teach in high school, but I can teach in college. I can do what I want to do, which is want to be a coach and want to be a pastor. He's not thinking about the football. He's thinking about the bigger picture. And I just thank God for that. Come on. Come on. Woo-hoo. I just, I just want to thank God because he showed me that if you sow into your youth. And, and Come I, and on. That, if, if we didn't gain anything from that, by us, uh, by us believing in our child and bringing them up, and, I, I, and one of the main things that something that we had to do was give them to God. You can put God in them, put God in them, put God in them, but until you as a parent release them to God and let God develop a relationship with them, then and only then will you see the God in them flourish. And I, 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 I admonish all, all the parents out there that turn them over to God. You, you, have, you have put God in them enough. Amen. Now it's time for you to turn them over to God. You release them and let God have his way in them. And something that died in, that, that just overtook me was with this scholarship that he got, even if he gets hurt, it's covered. And I'm, talk, I'm talking about on the field, if he gets hurt. They said if he's playing pickup basketball and get hurt, if he has an accident and get hurt, there's no way this scholarship will be taken from him. So give God the glory. Come on. Amen. 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 I don't know if y'all caught what they said. But because of one more extra year of prep school, open the door for five full-ride scholarships. But it's not a four-year scholarship. They were all five-year scholarships. Five years. And I believe after the first two years in the dorm, he can go get his apartment. They will pay for the apartment, food. Everything. He ain't got to worry about nothing. And we know with the constitution that Dane has, he will finish the work. And he will finish the job. Amen. Y'all say, well, who are we going to get to the word? They're preaching to us already. Amen. I mean, I got a word. But see, we sometimes we just need to know what God is doing in the house. 
Amen. And the other one I want, where, where, where's my, my son Juan at? Wait a minute. Come on up here. My spiritual son. Keep that mic right there. Another one, another testimony to the glory, for his glory. Hey, y'all. <laughs> All right. Um, I got a lot of testimony to say, but I'm going to back it up to uh, to my job. Um, Pastor Lenny said, what, in March? March? Okay, I got one that will blow y'all socks off in yeah. March. Yeah. Um, uh, while we was doing the, the church remodel, um, I was searching. Well, pretty much uh, I was selling drugs for 22 years. And uh, I was an adulterer, fornicator before that. Uh, all I ever wanted to be was a dope boy and a pastor. Um, but I did the dope work, work real well. Um, and I got to a place, I was talking to Brother Worth one time, and, and he told me, he said, when enough trouble hits you, you stop. And I had to realize that uh, trouble uh, came in the form of the Lord sometimes. God's love and trouble came to me. Um, but uh, at the time that I flushed all my dope and, and decided that enough was enough, uh, I realized that the devil wasn't just trying to kill me or destroy me, but he was trying to destroy my wife and my kids, the people that I love seeing more than myself. Um, and when I flushed mine, I flipped out and cried and tripped and I was like, Lord, what have I done? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish on. I could jump down the toilet and get it back, but it was already <laughs> too far. Tell it. Come uh, on. I called Pastor David and Pastor Linda and they was on the road taking Jericho uh, back to the airport and I told them uh, what I did. They prayed with me and uh, after I got off the phone, like I said, I cried and walked around the house. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but Lord, uh, I'm all in. Uh, I'm off. The Lord gave me an opportunity. You know, back it up a little before that, even right before that, uh, Elder Blackburn um, needed somebody to help him do the team, the carpet teams in the church. And I used to go out probably Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And God used him to start pulling me out by asking me, will I help him do carpet teams? Saturday, so I would stop going, I wouldn't go out on Friday so I could be sober enough and have my mind about myself so I could get here Saturday morning and help them do this carpet team. I always had a desire that I wanted to work in God's church and be in the Lord's house. All I ever wanted to be in my life, other than a drug dealer, was live for the Lord. But I always knew that I couldn't be no usher or nothing like that because of the sin of my life. Um, but the Lord still found a job for me. And a lot of times you got to start from the bottom up. And as I would come here feeling like I was, it was just awesome that the Lord would allow me to work with Elder Blackburn. This is a man that died in the church, and the Lord ain't let him die. Um, I felt I used to even tell my friends that, man, the Lord got me working with a dead man walking. <laughs> the Lord allowed me to walk with a man that died in the church Ooh. and brought him back. Brought him back. The Lord let me work with a man that made 
a pastor. Uh, to me, I, I just look at that as something awesome. Uh, and a prophet. So the Lord let me work with a man that made a prophet and a pastor. And I would come here and work on these themes. And as I'm working on these themes, it was I always heard it, you know, I always knew and heard it from someplace that you can't work on God out without God uh, healing you or helping you. Come on. And I would come work on Saturdays and do these themes with Elder Blackburn. And even that Saturday night, I would still go out and get high and pop up and drive 100 miles an hour down the road, but even more secure because I always thought that the Lord had me because I worked at the church today. Knowing that I would come out, I had crazy, crazy sounding, but I would even drive harder because I knew I worked at the church today. It's going to be all right. I tell my cousin Squash, used to come to Bible study with me. I said, we're going to be all right tonight, boy. I worked at the church today. <laughs> um, and as I'm working at the church, uh, Pastor David had asked me, will I do his fish tank? And he had asked me, will I do the fish tank in his home? And I had such reverence for his home and knowing that the condition of sin that I was in, that I told him, no, I can't come to your house. I ain't going to your house like the way I am working on your house fish tank. I said, and, um, but then he asked me, can I do the fish tank in his office? And I was like, okay, this is the hospital. I working on the fish tank in the hospital because I need to be in the hospital. Uh, so the more that as he allowed me to work on this fish tank in the hospital here, I would, uh, the Lord would allow me to talk with him while I'm doing the fish tank. And I, I talk a lot, and I had a lot to say, <laughs> and a lot in me. Um, and it was a blessing to be able to work on the seams in the fish tank. And then the, the, re, uh, the revision project came, and... Um, I was able to get on doing a revision project. And as I agreed that I would help doing a revision project, it blew me away when the pastors and them would call me, you know, I think Pastor Linda sent the word to Lehani and said that they wanted me at this meeting. And I went to this little room and sat at the long table with all the, you know, the, the, the big time church people. <laughs> I look, you know, I call it and I would just be sitting at the table tripping, like, Lord. Look Come where on. I'm sitting at. I got nine ounces of cocaine at the house. <laughs> it was just blowing me away. Come on. Come on. And uh, as I started to work on the church house, um, as I was doing a revision project, the Lord had a revision project that he was doing in me. Come on. So every day that I was coming here, um, I was pretty much, I tell people, I was in boot camp and rehab at the same time. Uh, we worked some long hours and some long days oh, yes, Lord. Uh, at this church. Um, if I had it in me just knowing that I know as we do, as every scrape of the trial, everything that I lifted, I knew I was doing it in God's house. I knew I was working on God's floor. And I had faith that I would be healed by working on God's floor. And as I'm doing all of this, uh, I'm praying and seeking, Lord, I done got rid of my dope. I've been doing this for 22 years. Uh, who am I and what do I supposed to be doing in my life? Um, I did construction work because my brother was a construction worker, and I just got in it to kind of cover up my dope selling. And it was just something to do, but I don't desire to be out in the rain and the cold and make money. 
Um, I just like the money from it. I like money. I had a love of money. Um, and as I was doing this work and seeking the Lord about who I am, who am I, and I got to be more than a drug dealer, Lord, he gave me the, the vision of being a truck driver. And as uh, he gave me this vision of being a truck driver, he even brought it back to me when I was a little kid, five years old, asking my daddy for tractor trailers for Christmas. And I would get these tractor trailers and drive them around my living room and back them up under the coffee table and jackknife them and straighten them up and all this stuff. But I didn't realize what I was doing when I was a child until I was older. And uh, I went down to the work source and I tried to get financing from them. And I mean, they, they want blood, teeth. You got to jump all these ropes. And I was telling Lehane about it, my beautiful wife. And uh, she, she told me, babe, let's see if we can get finance through our bank. And because of the faith that she had in me, she, she didn't even blink when she said, hey, let's get financing from the bank. Um, I'm with you. You with it? I'm with it. And we got this financing from the bank. It came through. And when I was able to start school, uh, it, was, it was a dream. Um, I went into it just knowing that I could drive. But once I got into the school, I realized that I couldn't drive as good as I thought I could drive. <laughs> um, and it was some days, you know, I, I dropped out of school in the ninth grade. So um, I always consider myself not that smart. And I thought that I was going into the school and all I had to do was learn to drive. But it was a lot of book work and it, a lot of studying. Um, my first, my in-cab inspection was two pages, two whole pages of things that I had to memorize without looking at the page, two pages, and recite it back to the teacher. After that, it was four pages of things full that I had to memorize and recite that back to the teacher before I could even take the road test. And it was some days that I was at the school, and I was walking in circles trying to recite this stuff and about to cry. I'm chirping. And uh, I called pastor one day, and he was telling me about how when people climb mountains, uh, like climbing Mount Everest, you can't climb all the way to the top of the mountain without having help, having a respirator, having, um, you know, uh, help. And he was when I was talking to him, he was like, okay, son, you just pretty much reached out for your lifeline right now. You're pretty much three quarters of the way up to the top of the mountain, and now the, the air gets thin up there. And uh, pretty much Pastor was my respirator that I was able to put on and now to breathe to finish my walk. And um, I know it's getting kind of long, y'all. It's all right. Gone, 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 gone. But as I, I got through this school, uh, I went and took my test. And when I went to take this test, um, you know, I don't practice so much that I, I pretty much felt that I had it now. But when I took this test, the Lord told me pretty much to say his name this day. And when I got into the truck this morning to take this test with the teacher, I said, thank you, Jesus. And I said, Lord, be with me. And the teacher heard it. And the teacher said, yeah, God is good. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And as all we taking this Jesus. test, Come on. we go through, we, you know, I did my backing and my 90-degree backing and all that. Pretty much got it. But when we went through town, make a long story short, I went through a four-way stoplight. I tried to stop. The light was turning yellow, then red. I tried to stop, and the truck slid through the light. So now I got a tractor trailer in the middle of a four-way intersection. And now you're supposed to, the, the test supposed to be terminated because you done lost control of the truck. Um, but by grace, come on. 
I continue to test, finish the test, pass the test. Got my license. Right. Come on. But made a promise to the Lord while I was seeking the Lord for what I was supposed to do with my life. Um, I had a punch list of things that um, after this revision project was over, I, a pastor told me to go around and search and make a punch list. And he told me, nothing is too small. So I went around the church and I seen everything. Everything. It turned out to be about three pages of stuff. And uh, once I was done with it, um, I gave it to him and said, okay, Pastor. He said, when can you start? Uh, so I got started on it. And it took longer than I anticipated it to take. I think I got out of school in October. And uh, I got done with it probably about two weeks ago. Um, and as I'm getting to the end of it, uh, you know, as we're going through this time, uh, I'm not working. Um, my wife has the only income coming in. Uh, she had a surgery on her elbow and her shoulder at the same time, so it came to half paid. And, uh, but during this time, God provided. He had people come to my door, and it was one instance that somebody put a card on my door. I'm at school. Uh, my wife texted me, sent me a picture. It was $10,100 bills in the car. Um, five weeks into my school, I had a six-week course. My daddy died. So I had to pull out of school and go bury my daddy and this and that. And, but it was just crazy things as I was being stretched but still staying in my place. Um, God brought money uh, anonymously from different places and different people that I, never, I, I don't even know who filled it. Um, it was days in our house that finance was so thin the only thing me and Lehana could do is sit in the house and just be quiet <laughs> we sitting there and we, we quiet it's, it's rough it's rough come on <laughs> but like I was telling uh, brothers and sisters yesterday that um, even my little Honda the Honda that Lehana drives we only use 92 octane and we still got 92 octane now. my little raggedy uh, Honda Civic we only use 89 gas for that not even the cheapest gas for that and that still got 89 my Chevy only used 92 octane and it still got 92 octane. All the lights and cable and everything is still on in my house. Come on, um, come on, come on. I opened my refrigerator and we still got juice and Kool-Aid and everything in there <laughs> still. Um, if I wasn't telling you this story, you wouldn't know that we went through such lean times. Right, come um, on. Because I look at my own self in the mirror and I still look straight. Um, and it's only by the grace and the mercy of the Lord. Um, I didn't have to sell my jewelry. I didn't have to sell my car. I didn't have to do none of that. Um, I just had to give up and say, Lord, help me. And there I'll stand go. until you rescue me. I always tell my Lehani, I said, the Lord going to rescue us. The Lord going to rescue us. And the Lord rescues us like every time. Um, it seemed like we being stretched. And right when you're about to pop, the Lord come and relieve you. Yes. Um, you're being stretched a little more. And right when you're about to pop. He come and relieve you. Relieve you. Relieve you. But in that, uh, ain't no listening to rap music. Ain't no, we had the 106.5 is what I listened to in all the cars. Um, we got to turn the, the TV in the house on to the gospel channel and let it play a while. Listen come to on. the Lord when the Lord tell you, go get the Bible and read this to your wife. And I said, well, Lord, this, this ain't even pertaining to what we're going through. He said, just go get it. Read it to your wife. Get up. The Lord was waking me up. I used to have a sleep disorder. 
that I used to take Tylenol PM for five years. I used to take must be four Tylenol PMs a night to get through the night. And you know that stuff messes your liver and your kidneys and stuff up. But it's because that I've been running and being up late night for years selling drugs that when, I, when it's time for me to try to sleep, I couldn't sleep. And the Lord even finally delivered me from all of that. Uh, come on, come I never on. slept so good in my life. Um, I got peace in my home. Um, and, you know, back to the school I went uh, after I got done with this. And I wasn't even all the way done with the list. Um, I had cleaning off the dark marks off the carpet, and I had one piece of trim left. And as I was cutting a piece of trim in the hallway one day, Pastor walked up to me and said, Juan, I've been meaning to talk to you. Uh, and I'm like, okay, what's up, sir? He said, the Lord told me it's time for you to go hit it. And I said, okay, sir. I've been, I've been waiting to hear that. Uh, I've been waiting on a blessing and a release. He said, well, God bless you, and I release you. And so when I went to, I said, before I was going to go and try to even get a job because I ain't been uh, driving for so long, let me call a teacher and see if I can get a refreshing course uh, to the school and go practice driving for a couple of days before I uh, go drive or look for a job. So I went there Tuesday, the day after Martin Luther King's birthday, and the guy let me come and practice that day for free. He ain't charging nothing. And after school that day, uh, he sat with me and told me about a couple people that might be hiring. And he told me about this one guy in Mount Vernon that had a dump truck company, but he said he was uh, politically incorrect and he probably was a racist, but you need to get your foot in the door uh, to start anyway. And before I left, he told me, he said, well, how about you go across the street and check out this company called Brownline that I helped start and ask for Bill Smith. Um, I was going to go there the next day, but the Lord said, go there now. It was probably about 4 o'clock that day. And, you know, most people close about 4 o'clock because they leave. I'm all, I'm all but I go over there and I ask for Bill Smith. And who was standing right in the front by the secretary desk with Bill Smith? He turned around and said, oh, uh, it's me. So I told him Mr. Glenn sent me over here to talk to him. And um, he told me to get a resume together. I need at least 10 years work history, uh, work experience. Um, and he usually can put it on the internet or bring it back personally. I said, okay, thank you, sir. As I'm riding home, I'm like, I don't got 10 years work experience. <laughs> um, uh, not that kind of work. Not that type of work experience. <laughs> <laughs> I go home, I tell Lehani about it. Uh, Lehani should get me a resume together. And um, and she got this resume together. The law said, don't, don't put it online. Well, matter of fact, we tried to put it online and couldn't get it online. And the law said, okay, take it back, hand it to him personally. I go back uh, the next day and hand him this resume. He told me to come in uh, the next day. Or, no, I go to hand him this resume, uh, give it to the secretary. But the secretary said, hold on right here. Let me go see if he got time for you. So she leaves me at the front, go upstairs, come back downstairs, say, hey, come up now. He got time for you. I go, I go upstairs, sitting in the boss man office. He looking at my resume, and he tell me, he said, hey, I don't, I don't hire new students um, to my company, and I especially don't hire during this time of year because the weather's so bad. He said, but I got somebody that's dealing with diabetes right now, and um, I need a driver. And as he's looking at my resume and talking to me, he said, hey, um, come in the next day or whatever, and, um, and do a drive test. 
so as I'm going home, I'm going home happy. I get almost to the double bridges, and then the Lord said, turn around and go back um, to the school and see if you can drive some more. I go back to the school. I ask Mr. Glenn, can I drive? Um, because we were driving flatbeds, but at the job, you drive 53-foot trailer, and I never drove a trailer before. So he hooked the trailer up for me, and I, I drive that day, and uh, I go in the next day at 1 o'clock for uh, an interview. And I know that I'm still kind of rusty, so I asked the teacher again, can I come in in the morning at 9 o'clock and drive all the way until about 12.30 so I can prepare myself as best as I can to pass this test for this interview. So when I get, I go drive all morning, do some backing, did everything that I need to do, thinking I'm doing my best. Lord, help me. I'm trying to prepare. How you tell me to prepare? I'm doing everything I can do. I go to the interview. I sit in the room with this, with Mr. Bill Smith and another guy. And as they're interviewing me, before I go in this interview room, the Lord said, when you go in the interview room, make sure you say my name. I don't know how I'm going to work this in there. I don't know how I'm going to say Jesus' name in this room. But the Lord said, make sure you say Come my name. Come on now. Come on. So as I'm in this room doing this interview, um, you know, they're asking me why I got such gaps in my work history and, you know, what do I plan to do in my life? What's my direction in my life? And when they asked me about why I had these gaps, and even the gap in my, from schooling and then out to get a job, I told him that I fell back. Um, I was working at the church when the Lord gave me my vision. And then once I got done with school, I fell back to the church to finish this punch list up. And um, I told him the name of my church. And I can't even remember, so I don't want to lie, how I said Jesus. But I said Jesus in the, in the room. So when we go, he said, okay, let's go for a drive. When we go for a drive, um, I back the tractor up to the, as a matter of fact, when I get in this truck, I'm like a fish out of water. This is a 2013 tractor. I was driving, practicing at school in 1989. <laughs> um, I don't know none of these buttons and switches, and I'm just like, Lord. I'm, and the man looking at me, I don't even know how to down the window. I tried to down the window. I couldn't even down the window. Come on now. Um, and he's just looking at me. And... As I'm trying to back this, this tractor up, I'm trying to practice how to learn in school. And I get out, and I go to see if the kingpin's lined up with the tractor, and it's not. I'm crooked. I got to pull it out, straighten it up. And as I do that, um, we go for this, this test. And as we get on the road, I think the first gear, the only gear that I probably hit right, because you start off in third. So I started off in third, but from third, I scratched every other gear <laughs> till 10. I miss all the gears. But at school, I'm hitting them like water. I'm going through them like water. I can drive. But I scratch every gear with this man. I'm coasting down the road. I'm, I'm trying to keep my composure, but I'm saying, Jesus, Lord, help me. <laughs> and the moment told me, get it, get it, get it in the gear. And I'm, oh, <laughs> And he told me, he said, well, I would have been terminated this, uh, this performance test. He said, but uh, I couldn't tell you when I was in the room and we was interviewing you uh, that me and my uh, partners are religious. We both are Christians. We both go to church every Sunday. Um, I want to let you know we didn't terminate. I didn't terminate this test because you said the name of Jesus. 
He said, I want to let you know that Jesus, not God, not just God, he said, I want to let you know that Jesus sent you to the right man today. He said, welcome to the company, Mr. Small. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Only thing I can start doing, I'm crying in the truck with the man. I'm praising the Lord. Cry, I'm praising the Lord, crying in the truck with the man. Only thing I can do is stop in the parking lot. I'm tripping. I'm like, Lord, Lord, Lord. I knew this was not me. Come and on. as I looked at the three days before this, I finally seen. So a lot of times you don't know what God's doing until after. Come on. I realized Come on. that the reason that the Lord had let me go to this school for the three days, and it was him telling me to go practice, 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 practice. So when this happened, I knew that I didn't get this job because of me. I knew that I didn't, I didn't get the job because I could drive so good. I didn't get the job because I went to a good school. I didn't get the job because nothing. I got the job because of the name of Jesus. And by his grace alone is why I got this job. Um, so that's all. I just want to give glory to the Lord. And what's the trip? I got to tell y'all this. I got to tell y'all everything. That when I, now the next day when he told me to come fill this paperwork out, they give me five, five or six packets. Not just an application, five or six packets. Like I told y'all, I dropped out of school in ninth grade. So the paperwork part ain't my strength. Uh, when it comes to paperwork, I bring it home to Lehani, let Lehani fill it out. <laughs> Lehani do the W-2. She do everything. She's my paper. She's my go-to. And I'm sitting in this office here, and I'm like, oh, Lord. So I'm just, I'm doing what I can do. And in this, I guess it's the word inadequacy or, you know, rises up. And I'm like, now, I just see what the Lord did for me. Come on. And now I'm doubting again because as I'm writing my history down and I'm writing these things on this paper, and as I'm seeing it, now I'm second-guessing myself. Um, I'm seeing where I'm filling out the job history and there's gaps in it. And I'm seeing where if I'm a felon, I'm... All the stuff I'm putting on the paper now, I'm I'm second guessing. And as I'm sitting in the Lord, they said, "Trust me, trust me, son. Um, your shortcomings, I I feel it. Your gaps, I feel it. Your inadequacy, I'm strong. You feel me? I feel it. Um, and I just did the best that I could do, all the way until it was. I had another uh, DOT appointment at 11:30 in Bellingham, and I worked on this on these papers from nine o'clock until. 11.30, and then I went to Bellingham to go do um, my DOT test, and as I'm riding down the road, I asked the Lord, because I used to have high blood pressure, my blood pressure was through the roof, um, but it was from me doing all the drugs and partying as hard as I was, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I asked you to let my health line up, and when I went to do this DOT test, the day before, I went and did a physical, uh, a P-test in Mount Vernon, First time I ever passed a P test in my whole life. Um, First time. All the jobs I, I used to get hired. I would go to a job and they would hire me. And when I go do a P test, I blow it out the water every time. And I pass that test. And when I go to Bellingham to do the test, I do another P test, and I'm so secure that I know I'm clean. And my blood pressure, she said, it's the best blood pressure I've seen all day. My vision test, she said, you got an exquisite vision exceptional hearing. Um, I blow through the thing to see my lung capacity, good lung capacity. Everything 
pull 100 pounds around the room, push 100 pounds around the room, run up the ladder, down the ladder. The lady had me crawl across the room, crawl back. Um, <laughs> you name it, she had me do it. Walk on the treadmill, test my pulse. Everything, everything lined up. Just not good or not on the level, but she said I had perfect everything. Um, and I just rolled back that day just in the awe of God, and I realized, just like my mama named me, she told me my first name when I realized what it was. Juan means mercy and grace. Antonio means he's worthy of praise. I'm living the second part of my life right now, the worthy of praise part. But my whole life has been mercy and grace. Um, I didn't get here today by my works. I didn't get here today by um, me just being so good. I did. I was one of the wildest and went the hardest. And my brother's dead. My mama dead. My, my daddy's dead. Everybody dead, I'm still alive. Um, but I know I got a work to do for the Lord. I know that I can never turn back. The Lord told me if I turn back, I die. Um, I have nothing but forward to go. Uh, I just want to thank y'all. Everybody, that uh, whoever the anonymous people is that put that money on my door, thank you, Lord, for y'all. May the Lord bless y'all. It was times that when I was selling dope, and everybody don't uh, understand this, but the Lord told me, I, in my mind, the Holy Spirit came to me and said, boy, you know you're going to have to quit selling dope one day. Prepare yourself. I used to take dope money and go and take it to this person's house. Take dope money and give to this person. I used to take crack money, cocaine money, and go give to this person. I talked to some of boy, you can't give no dope money to nobody. Yeah, I, had, I was giving dope money, crack money to people, preparing myself to stop selling dope. Uh, and the Lord showed me them same increments of money that I gave to different people when I was selling dope was them same increments of money that came back to me in my time of need. Uh, not when I wanted it, but Lord Jesus, when I needed it. Um, so move when the Lord say move. So when the Lord say so. Um, I just want to tell the people about how, you know, oh, the Lord blessed me with this money, blessed me with that money. I sold Yes, I sold. Um, I just don't tell a story, oh, I got this and got that. No, I gave a lot of money. I sold a lot of places. So it, it, what you hear in the word is true. Um, do like the Lord say do. Um, the Lord is faithful. The Lord will be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Woo. We serve a mighty good God who's moving in more ways than we can even begin to imagine. We just got to be faithful. We got to be prayerful. We just trust God in all things. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, just for all that you've done already this morning. The testimony of our, our youth, Lord, and how you're moving with them, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the fruit, Lord, that we've seen in Dane's life. Lord, from being invested in you, God, and your parents living for you, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, that we see the fruit and the results. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for you've shown us even in our brother Juan's life. God, you don't count anybody out. 
that you have a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. And we thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you are our, our way maker, God. We put our trust and our confidence in you. Hallelujah. We overcome, Lord, by these testimonies and by the blood of the Lamb. We thank you, Lord, that you would encourage our hearts by hearing what it is that we know it's only because of you. And we give you praise right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amazing grace. Yes, we're just going to go and keep everybody in here this morning because we're already pretty much into it. Amen. But truly, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people just say, hurry up. I want to preach. Hurry up. Hurry up. You know what? We need to know God is real now. Amen. And all the things that he's doing now, amen, and as we recognize that and we see how he's moving, even as we listen that, you know, Brother Juan's testimony and how he's moved, you know, for, for Jane and, you know, what he's doing in our youth, amen. And I, I can't help but think about Denzel. You know, just the different ones that are going forth, amen, who grab hold of God and believing him and trusting him. And as we do that, we begin to see the results of God's favor. Man, I remember when we were in Louisiana and Juan had traveled down there with us back in June or July. Amen. And one thing that, you know, we were told there in one of the messages, you got to change your last name to Favor. You know, you know, see, and, and realizing, is that me making all that noise? You know, but we need to realize that God's favor on our lives is, is amazing. Realizing, amen, that we walk in God's favor. And, and even as we listen to these testimonies and, and all that God is doing, and it just leads right into the, the area I want to talk on this morning. And we're going we're gonna to start on it, but we're not going to finish it. Obviously, we're going to begin to dig in, amen, and as you've seen, and you know, I've sent it out on Friday, talking about grace by grace. Hallelujah. And we just listening and we see that God's grace is amazing. Amen. Just even as our brother was giving his testimony, he had to recognize and, you know, realize and even say that it was by God's grace. Ain't no way you're going to take a, a, a driving test, you know, and, you know, both, 
you know, to graduate from the school and, and blow that test and still pass. Amen. And then, you know, take the, the road test for the, the job and scratch all the gears in a brand new truck and still get hired. Amen. Ain't God good. He got a way to show a way of showing that it's not by your might, not by your power, not by your ability, but I'm going to give you this job. You know, I remember we was working on the building. You know, we was back there one day and we was talking about the truck driving school. And I was telling them, well, there's a truck company. There's a there's a company over in Mount Vernon. All they do is go up and down the, the West Coast from here to California and back called Brown Line. And we talked about that company. And that way. You know, and then I made me say, I'm going to get the license, and, you know, but who going to hire me with my history? And so, you know, and we, we had a lot of conversations, but I told him, I said, just, just, just finish school. Just get the license. And then the first place he goes, Brown Line. And who hired me? Brown Line. And God had it all lined up already. Amen. So we, I just thank God for the grace of God. Amen. It operates. So we're going we're gonna to talk about this amazing grace some here this morning. You know, and I think getting a hold of this is one of the most powerful things that we as God's people can really grab a hold of if we get a right understanding of his grace. So as, as we look at this, just pay close attention because there's a lot of, and I'm not trying to beat nobody up, but, but there's a lot of fear, condemnation control and constraint throughout the body of Christ. Amen. Trying to get this done and that done and get people in this place or that place. You know, and, and I think it's time for the body to really understand, get a real true understanding of what the power of God's grace really is. Amen. Because we don't, we don't have to fight and push and do all this kind of stuff. We just need to understand how powerful his and how great that grace is and the, the positive effects that it will produce in our lives if we really can wrap our minds around it. You know, as, as, as pastors and leaders, we're constantly searching out the word, amen, looking for, you know, the truths to bring, to help God's people to be able to live a, a more spiritually liberated and, 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 and empowered life. This is, this is our desire. I mean, that's what it's all about, you know, teach and preach so people can rise, they can grab hold of the word, they can live according to the word. You know, so it's a searching, but in, in years, this is one topic that has eluded the body, you know, not everywhere, but for the most part, understanding and operating in his grace. Amen. So you need to tell somebody next to you that today going to be a new day. We're going to get set free. All you got to do is grab hold of the principle of God's grace. Amen? And, and, you know, I thank God for the freedom. Amen? Even as they were talking this morning and the kids were, you know, talking about the freedom and Pastor Lynn was talking about how free they were. We should be able to be free in Christ. Amen? It shouldn't, it, living for God shouldn't be difficult. It shouldn't, you know, we, we shouldn't feel constrained and I have to do this and I got to do that and I'm afraid if I don't do this, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. You know, that, that's, that's living under a yoke. Amen? That's, that's living in, in bondage and, and that's, that's not God's desire for his people. Amen? So, 
before we begin to dig into this, I got to repent. Amen. Because in times past, I realized that this times past, that I was, as I was preparing and going over the scriptures and really looking at it and praying, you know, I began to realize that there's been times that I have taught God's grace in a limited fashion. Amen. And, and for that, I've already told Lord, forgive me. I, I didn't quite get it all, but I thank God that what he's, he's, he's helped me to, to receive, even as I continue to dig into this more, because God's grace is unlimited. Amen. So as we move forward, amen, just laying those things aside and saying, no, you know, I begin to realize that that's a wrong viewpoint. That viewpoint, amen, you know, when we do that, we, I would look, we would look at God's grace in comparison to man's grace, which is limited by nature, amen, and is limited by the motives of man. You know, so we can't look at grace in the wrong fashion because it, it doesn't bring the liberty and the freedom that it's supposed to bring if we look at it wrongly. Amen. We don't we don't preach it like God, like the Word teaches it. Amen. We can't put, compare it to man. So, as as we begin to look, we got you know I used to say things like we got to stop living under the mercy of God and asking God for His grace. We need to be in God's favor. You know. So you know. And, but I begin to realize you can't be in, you can't get in God's favor without His grace. And it's because of His grace that we receive His mercy. So grace is all up in it. God, grace is all mixed up in this thing, amen. So we can't get around it, but we need to understand that it's all about understanding what his grace really is, amen. So just eliminating that and getting our minds set on, okay, how God operates and what it is that he's doing for us and in us and through us and all these things. But it's all by the grace of God. So first of all, we want to look at what grace is not. Amen. See, the grace that we're talking about is, is, is not a short prayer spoken over your meal. You know how you say, let's say grace. <laughs> you know, that's not the grace I'm talking about this morning. It's not the title, you know, that we use to address a duke or a duchess or an archbishop, your grace. You know, and no, I'm not talking about a title of grace, and we're not talking about a temporary extension or exception or extension. You know how your credit card companies give you grace, period? That's how I used to compare God's grace, but, you know, and what I said, grace period runs out, and then comes the penalty. God's, God, ain't, God ain't got no grace period that runs out. Amen? That's man's way of doing things. Amen? God's grace is a continual grace. Amen? And the way we understand that, we can step in that grace, and we can walk in that grace like we ought to. So what God's grace is, by virtue, a, a virtue or power coming from God. He empowers us. He graces us to be able to do things. Amen. It's, it's unmerited divine assistance for our regeneration and sanctification. We can't do it without his grace. We need it. And then the third one, amen, this is just brief, amen, a special approval, favor, or privilege. Amen. And we are privileged to be able to operate in God's grace. But we got to understand what it is that we're operating in. And I thank God for his grace. I thank God, amen, because truly I know that if it had not been for the grace of God over my life, over your lives, where, where, would, be, where would we be? I mean, we, we'd be in a whole lot of trouble without that grace. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 
as I read a passage there, amen, and it's amazing, amen, as we begin to dig out some of the information in this passage. But 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Hallelujah. If you don't have your Bible, it's up on the screen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, remember we talked about that scripture a couple of weeks ago? Amen. So we're picking up right there, but it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Are become, not might be a will, but it says, are become new, and all things are of God. Uh, who hath reconciled us by Christ Jesus. Amen. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. It goes on to say, To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing the transgressions unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. He's beckoning them. He's admonishing them. Be reconciled to God. But, but he goes on to say, for he hath made him to be sin for us. Come on. That he became sin for us. Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God. Do we get what that scripture is saying? That, that he became sin for He took on our sin so that we can be made his righteousness. In other words, so that we could put on his righteousness, he took on our sin. Some people say, well, we know all that. We got all that. But hold on. Hold on. Then the sixth verse says, we then, as workers together with him, beseech you that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. Now, he's talking about the word of reconciliation. He's talking about him taking our sin and we walking on his righteousness. But, you know, we, we got to step past the punctuations in the scripture, the chapters and verse, because it's a continual conversation going on here. So in that first verse in the sixth chapter, which is actually a continuation, he said, we then, referring to what was said at the end of the fifth chapter, as workers together with him, talking about working with God, beseech you as the believer, wow, that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. All this is done by his grace. He's pointing to the grace that God is operating in. He's bringing to us so that now we can operate and we can walk and we can be the children of God that he wants us to be. Reconciliation, amen. That means, again, it's bringing things back into friend, into relationship, back into fellowship, back into favor, back into harmony with God. That's what, that's what reconciliation is about. If you need to reconcile your marriage, you want things back in harmony. Amen. If you want to reconcile a broken relationship, you, you that, that's what it's all about, bringing it back into that right relationship, and there's no way that we can do that ourselves. We're the transgressor. So 
so we need some help. Amen. And that help has to come from God. Now, if you had a problem catching it in this King James, I'm going to read that same passage for us in the Amplified Version. Amen. So, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creature, a creation. Is a new creation, a new, Link, Link is messing up on me here. He's jumping back to the wrong scripture. But he said he is a new creation altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition, y'all get that? The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come but all things are from God who through Christ Jesus and through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself received us into favor brought us into harmony with him and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him I like that part you know, because if you're reading the other one, you don't catch that. But now, by word indeed, he gives us the responsibility. Once we get in right relationship, now we have a ministry to go help somebody else get into right relationship with him. Amen? So then he goes on. It was God, personal, God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with him, not counting up. And holding against men their, trans, their trespass, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation of the restoration to favor. So we, say we, Christ ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us, we as Christ's personal representatives beg you. For his sake, to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. For your sake, he made Christ vulnerable, I mean, virtually, excuse me, to be sin for our sake. Who knew no sin so that in and through him we might become endowed with, viewed as being in and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be, approved and accepted in right relationship with him by God's goodness. Wow. All these things he's saying unto us. And then finally, that sixth, that first verse, and I like this one. He says, laboring together, All right. Amen. He said, laboring together as God's fellow workers with him, then we beg you not to receive the grace of God in vain. That merciful kindness by which God exerts his holy influence 
on souls and turns them to Christ, keeping the, and strengthening them, do not receive it to no purpose. In other words, all this grace, all that God has done, but if we don't get it, it's all in vain. If we still try to live it another way, all that he did, the dying on the cross and all that stuff, becomes vain because what? We're trying to go back to the old man. We're trying to go back to the old way of doing things. We're trying to go back to the old law. And that's not what Christ intends for us as the body of Christ. He wants us to be able to, to flow like he intended for us to flow. So this whole discourse, amen, it helps us to see that if we really see how powerful grace is, grace is powerful enough, amen, to, to, to bring reconciliation to the deepest of sinners. The person that's out there, man, and he can deal with no matter where you are or what you've done, his grace is able to bring you out. Amen? So no matter what, amen, and it also it has, it's powerful enough, amen, to help the, the most downtrodden Christian, amen, to rise up when we realize, amen, God's grace. Because a lot of times we've been, we're in Christ, but we've been beat down so much, amen, and we've been told we're so messed up. Amen, that we, we, we can be in church without hope. Amen? And it's time out, amen, for that. So we, we can rise up, amen, back into the place and right standing with God and know that where I stand with God has nothing to do with anything external of me. It has everything to do with my relationship with God. Amen? So as we get that, amen, we begin to see, amen, how the, the Apostle Paul admonished them not to receive this grace in vain. Don't let him have done all that and we miss it. But he wants us to grab hold of it. He wants us to walk according to it, amen, to be able to stand like he wants us to stand, amen. But some people say, well, that's too simple. If you just talk grace, that, that just gives people, you know, a, a, a license to sin. All right? Just go on and do what you want to do. God's grace is good. He'll forgive you. So sometimes that, you know, so, so we get we get fearful, amen, and we, we don't allow his grace to flow because why? Then we lose control. You know, so, but see, grace is not about giving you control. Grace is the key because it's the only way, it's the only way, amen, that we can be reconciled with God. We can't earn it, Amen. Amen. We, we can't earn his grace, amen. There's no way, amen, that we can acquire it by the law because that only separates us from God and takes us further away from him, amen. We, it's not by our goodness or our righteousness or our holiness. None of that's enough. We are saved by grace. Look at Ephesians 2 and 4. Say, but God, who is rich in mercy... For his great, his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's amazing to me. Then he goes on to say, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So he's saying in times to come, you ain't seen it. You haven't received it all yet. 
but the exceeding riches, I like that, the exceeding riches of his grace. See, now grace brought you out, but grace has more to give you. Grace has more to bless you with. Grace has more to do in your life. Amen. And as we recognize that and grab hold of it, he goes on to say in the eighth verse, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a free gift. You can't buy it. Remember how who was a Simon in the book of Acts tried to, tried to buy the power to lay on hands and all? You can't buy it. Amen. You can't earn it. You can't live good enough. You can't keep enough laws or rules or regulations to, re- to get God's grace. It's a free gift. Amen. Regardless. And it's the, the, the grace that is able to save us. It is the thing that's able to build us out. Amen. So, you know, like I say, some might say, well, does that give you a license? sin? Does that give you the opportunity to go out and do whatever you want to do in the grace of God that never ends, the grace of God that covers everything, makes it good? We're going to deal with that. Because, see, when you understand grace, it brings you out of sin. Uh, When you really understand the love, amen, and the compassion, the sacrifice that he made for us, amen, and freely has given to us, it brings you out. It don't push you back further in. Amen. It helps us to rise up in 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. It says this. But by the grace of God, I am that I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. See, Apostle Paul grabbed hold of it. He said, I know it's only by the grace of God that I'm able to stand. It's like I know Brother Juan says, it's only by the grace of God I got this job. Amen. And so it it helps us to see, and I'm not receiving it. Amen. It wasn't bestowed upon me in vain, but I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. So he said, you know, Paul was letting him know that before this, he said, I was the least of the apostles. Amen. But yet he said, even though I was the least, I was the last one to come along. Amen. During that time frame, he said, but yet I labored more than them all. But it's not because of what I was able to do, but it was because of the grace of God that was with me. And see, when we realize that we can only do what we do because of his grace, then we don't begin to take credit for anything that we do. We can't say, I'm this and I'm that because I'm so good. No, it's only by the grace of God because if it had not been for his grace, where would any of us be? I mean, the word lets us know, amen, that no man comes except he draw them, and that's only because of his grace. That's only because of his mercy. That's only because he, his love towards you. And when we exercise the faith, amen, then grace can kick in. And we watch what God does, amen, as we yield ourselves to him. We look at Paul, and Paul continues to go. He's talking about the grace that operated in him. His whole ministry as he traveled, and he went to establish churches and go back and, and, and bring correction and write letters to churches. His whole ministry was about grace. He was had a grace-based ministry. And he continued to talk to them concerning the grace, amen, that was upon his life, amen. In Philippians 1, let's look at verse number, number 6. Amen. Philippians 1 and 6. Say, being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you 
will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to, to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense of the gospel, wow, in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. Now, he's not talking about defending the gospel because it needs defend. He's defending the truth. He's defending the gospel of grace, amen, confirming the gospel of grace because there were so many going around trying to say other things, but he said, no, I'm going to defend this. I'm going to stand on the truth, amen. And even as he said, you know, ye are partakers of my grace. He's talking about the grace of God that's resting upon his life. In his, in his recognizing and understanding the power of that grace, and he's letting him know, I need you, amen, to be able to operate under this same grace. It's not that he's giving them grace, but he's saying that my grace should be the same grace that you operate in, which is the grace of God over my life, helping me to be who I need to be. So as we, we look at these things, amen, we need to understand more and more Amen. That this gospel of grace, amen, God's grace, amen, is the only thing that brings us out. There is no other gospel other than the gospel of grace. Now, we've heard all kinds of things about what the gospel is, this, that, and the other, you know, the word of faith, the prosperity gospel, the, you know, all these things. But when we talk about the gospel, it's all about his grace. And all these other things come through. The word of faith comes through the grace of God. Our healing, amen, comes through the grace of God. Our prosperity comes through the grace of God. Our salvation comes through the grace of God. All these things, come. we can't get around the grace, amen, and realize, think that, well, this is something else. Because it's all about living like God wants us to live, operating in his grace. In Acts 2, I mean 20 and 24, look what Paul says. Say, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify. Wow. The reason to testify on what? The gospel of the grace of God. That's was his whole thing. Amen. I'm not moved by anything else. But the trials and the tribulations that come against me, the persecutions. Amen. But I'm going to testify of the grace, the gospel of the grace of God. His whole ministry was lined up behind that. And then we look at verse number 32. Amen. He said, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. What? The word of his grace is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So the word of his grace, amen, is there to bring us out, to build us up, to give us an inheritance in his kingdom, amen, because otherwise we can't receive anything. But it's not anything else. He's not preaching anything else but the grace of God for us to grab hold to and understand. And if we would just do that, if we would just let that grace flow in our hearts, let that grace flow in our minds. And a lot of times we beat ourselves up because, you know, as I was listening to my grandson, he was talking about, you know, how we can be so hard on ourselves and we cancel ourselves out, amen, because we made mistakes. How many people in here have made mistakes? Hello. I think we all qualify. Isn't that right? 
So for that reason, we need to understand that if it was based on our mistakes, would none of us make it? Hello. We'd all be canceled out. Amen. Because the scripture lets us know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it's by his grace that he lifts us up. Amen. And God, you know, it's hard for me to, to wrap my mind around the fact, amen, that sometimes we realize that it was God that drew us, but then the one that brought us out of sin, amen, knowing that we have shortcomings and knowing that we can't do it on our own, it will turn around and beat us up because we mess up. Does that make sense? You send your, your kids in the kitchen to wash dishes and you know they, they can't even hardly reach the sink. And then when they don't get the dishes clean and done right or they break one, then you go in there mad at them. And you want to beat them. Would that make sense? See, and I'm saying that because sometimes God knows that, that we are incapable of our own, amen, to do any good thing. Without him, we, we fall way short. But once we realize where our help comes from, once we realize what he has done for us and who he is in our lives, now we can allow him to come along and be the help that we need, amen, to do whatever it is that he gives us to do. And he's a good father. He won't send us to do something that we're not able to do. He won't put anything, you know, he lets us know in his word, he won't put any more on us than we're able to bear. But when he gives us his assignment, guess what? When we talk about what grace is, that favor, amen, that, that assistance, Amen. That ability that graces us to be able to see whatever he gives us to do, he is the one that's going to grace us to do it. Grace is just not something that brings us out. Grace is something that empowers us to do. Amen. We have the grace to do this thing. We have the grace to live this life. In other words, we have the favor to live this life. And we realize that, say, man, I don't have any reason not to do this. I don't have a reason to fail. Just tell somebody, I ain't got no reason to fail. I got the grace of God. Huh? The grace of God helps me to come out of this situation. The grace of God helps me to overcome my propensities. The grace of God helps me to keep my body under subjection. His grace. Oh, hallelujah. See, see we, we, we can't do this thing according to the law. We can't make it, amen, operating according to the law. I mean, because the law, amen, including Moses, the Mosaic law, it proved to them that they could not do it of their own strength. And even the laws that we have nowadays in and out of the church proves us that we can't do it on our own. We need some help. I mean, even to the point, amen, that, you know, we can't measure other people's salvation based on, you know, our system of rules and regulations, how many of us have ever been judged by rules and regulations? Hello. We even applied some. Come on. So, but that, you know, those things have nothing to do with your relationship with God. Amen. It's all about our relationship with man. Amen. To the contrary, when we do this, we pull people out of grace and put them back under the law. Because now you got to meet this measure. you got to do this. you got to do that. Let me tell you something. There is no... grace in the law. You know, sometimes when we talk about when you go back to the law that Jesus gave Moses, there was no grace. You were stoned. You were this. I mean, and, and think about this. Unless man gives you grace in today's law, 
when it comes to law, law is law. Amen. And law demands, and this is what I want us to get, law demands righteousness. That's what it's all about. But we can't meet that major. But the part I like about grace, God's grace imparts righteousness. Huh? It gives us the righteousness of Christ. So now, who would not want to receive that? I mean, he's not demanding righteousness. He's imparting righteousness to us. Amen. Because true grace will pull us out of sin while condemnation will only push us further in and make us more vulnerable to sin. So when you can, how many of us ever felt condemned? And because we condemn, we like, well, I just might as well go on and do. Huh? Come on. I mean, I done messed up and I'm condemned according to the rules. I done messed up, so what's that do? Does that pull you out? No, the condemnation, amen, pushes you further in, gives you up. You know, hey, I might as well just jump on all the way in. Headlong. Why? Because condemnation is not designed, the law is not designed to pull you out. It's to prove to you that you can't do it without his grace. But when you're in that state and somebody comes along and says, no, I'll take it on me for you, amen, and release it off of you. Now, that brings us to a greater appreciation and allows us to rise up out of that place of condemnation, out of that place of sin. But we got to understand what God's grace is all about. Sometimes we have, as men, amen, have got in the way of God's grace. Amen, because of how our view of things and how we see things and how we feel about things and our own fear, amen, of losing control so we, we, can't, we can't talk this kind of grace because, my goodness, what am I going to do? Now, understand me, amen, in an organization, you've got to have, you know, certain things that need to be done, but that's got nothing to do with your salvation. It's got nothing to do with your salvation. Yeah, there, there's order, amen, and all those things, but when it comes to your salvation, that's between you and God. Amen? Hey, you didn't come to church today. You ain't saved. Uh, oh, hello. What's up with that? Uh, you didn't meet this mark and this mark and this mark. You know what I say? No. We can't, we can't, we cannot, we cannot operate in that, in that fashion and, and bring that kind of control over the minds and hearts of God's people. That, that puts us in the wrong vein, amen? And it, it, it becomes a controlling thing rather than a liberating thing. And we want people to be liberated and set free. Amen? So the next verse we're going to look at, amen, let's go to Galatians. We're talking about how we can get messed up. Galatians 1, verse 6 through 9. Hallelujah. And as he was talking to Galatians, look what he said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. It's our marvel. He he calls you in out of grace, and you you're so quickly removed to another gospel. But watch, watch what the apostle Paul says here. He said, "Which is not another." You know what he said? You you don't move to another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you, and would pervert the gospel of Christ. See what is he saying? They will come along and they will take the gospel of grace. And turn it to another gospel, which is not another gospel, but it's a perverted gospel because they begin to put the law back into the gospel of grace. Hello. 
So he said, you're taking the, the gospel of God's grace, his love, his forgiveness, and we're bringing back the old rules and regulations and trying. You remember when they went to, you know, and Paul had to get off because they was trying to get the Gentiles to be circumcised, bringing the law back in? He said, no, hold up. You can't put, that, you can't put a yoke on them that we could even bear. Well, all of a sudden, they, they wanted that to happen. He said, no, they're perverting the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. In other words, don't let him mess you up. Don't say, you can't, you can't do it of your own. Then he goes on to say, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. Why is he repeating that? He's trying to drive the point home. Don't allow yourself to be put back under the law because grace has brought you out. Grace has released you. And because of that grace, we don't need to be caught. We don't need to be under the bondage of the law. We need to recognize that the love of God has set me free. Amen. And the scripture lets us know he who has been set free is what? Free indeed. God is not sitting up there with some hammer in a belt, amen, and a whip waiting for you to mess up. He died to bring you out of there. He died to forgive you. He died, amen, to set you on the right track. It's man and the law that brings that condemnation. The scripture lets us know that there is now what? There is therefore no condemnation. What? None. Unto them who are what? In Christ Jesus, who walked not after the flesh. But, you see, so we got to understand, amen, God is not bringing condemnation. So when condemnation comes, it's not coming from God. When you begin to feel unworthy, that's not God imposing that upon you. Either we're seeing ourselves through the eyes of the law, or we're seeing ourselves through the eyes of somebody else. But it's not through God. Because that hopelessness that comes, amen, when we find ourselves in that condition, amen, is what will stop us, amen, from walking in our right condition with God. See, so we, we can't do this. We, we can't operate like that and feel like I, I, I have the liberty that God wants me to have, the freedom that God wants me to have, amen, to be able to go forth and live like he wants me to live. It's time to rise up and say, no, we're going all the way with God. We're going to live like he wants us to live. Amen. Because if we don't, look, look, it, it, let's look at this another, next verse here. Hallelujah. Galatians 5, 4 and 5. Say, when we do that, when we operate under the law, we say, Jesus is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law. You are fallen from grace. And we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. He said, if, if, we're, if we're trying to be justified by the law, he said, what? We fall from grace. Because there's no grace in the law. Amen. In the law, amen, it cancels out grace. So we can't have both. You can't balance the two. You know, you put it on the scale, well, we got to have some, some kind of rules and we balance it with enough grace and, and everything. No, no. The two are completely opposed one to another. It's like trying to mix oil and water. It don't mix. 
Either we're going to walk under the grace of God or we're going to walk under the law. And the scripture lets us know if you're going to be a debtor to the law, you're debtor to do the whole law. Now think about this. If if we're going to mess with the law, then we need to look at the children of Israel right now. They're still trying to keep the law. They still have not have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So grace comes by him. So as long as God keeps the veil upon their eyes, as we find if we look in the book of Romans, as long as he keeps the veil upon their eyes, they cannot see him as the Messiah. So they cannot receive him. So they're still looking for the Messiah, number one, and they're still attempting to keep the law, number two, and there's no salvation there until the fullness of time comes and God removes the the blinders from their eyes and they will see him and they will step from law to grace. But right now it's an opportunity for who? Us, the Gentiles, to make it in. Say thank you, God, for that opportunity. You know, so we we don't want to constantly be in that place, amen, and being, but, you know, in a position that the Jewish nation is in today. And not all Jews, but the, you know, most Jews, I mean, they're still waiting for the Messiah. Still going to the Wailing Wall. And still praying, amen, for that day to come. But if you would go to the book of Zechariah, amen, and read chapters 12 through 14, you'll see what God's going to do. Amen. You, you'll see what God's going to do. Because the day is coming, he's going to reveal himself. Amen. I just want to read one, one verse out of Zechariah 12 in the 10th verse. And it says this, and I will pour upon the house of David. So I'm just letting y'all know their day is coming. We are in that place now. But he said, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication. The spirit of, see, we, we already have the spirit of grace upon us. Amen. But he said, he's going to pour it upon them and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Who was pierced? Jesus Christ. See, they don't see him now, but he's saying the day is coming that they're going to look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. Who was he? The only begotten. Amen. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In other words, that scripture right there, bless my heart. Amen. Because we're there now, and he's letting us know the day is coming. He's going to pour it upon the nation of Israel. And they're going to see him. And they're going to recognize who he is. And they're going to long for him. And they're going to receive what? The spirit of grace. Hello. In other words, they're looking for the Messiah, but the spirit of grace is coming. And it's going to come upon them. And they're going to be delivered. And they're going to be set free. Amen. And that, that you know, it helps us to know that, you know, if, he, if he's holding it back right now from them, that we might get it. Don't let it be over our heads in vain. Don't let what's available to us today be in vain, but grab hold of it and let's begin to walk in it fully and completely. And we understand grace is your liberty. Grace is your freedom. Grace is your deliverance. Grace is the thing that brings you out. Amen. That's why we can be able to say, I am the righteousness of God. Why? Because he made us righteousness when he took on our sin. So when sin begins to creep in on you, you got to remember who you are. I can overcome this by grace. 
I can face this by the grace of God. I can be set free by the grace of God. I don't have to stumble and fall because why? I am his righteousness, amen, by his grace. I am empowered, amen, to overcome this thing that's trying to what? Overcome me, trying to overtake me. Let's look at John 1, 14. It said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, what? Full of grace and truth. Huh? So, so he, he didn't come half-stepping. He came full of grace and truth. We beheld him and then dropped down to the 16th verse. And of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. See, Moses came to bring the law, which proved one thing, but Jesus Christ came and brought us grace and truth. The truth is, God wants to be in relationship with you. Amen? The truth is, he wants us to live it. Amen? How's he doing that? By grace. By his grace. By the grace he wants to bring into our lives. And we got to set ourselves in a position, amen, to receive that. All right? So, so, so what do we do, amen, about this license to sin? Because some, some will see it as that, uh, you know, grace, again. What, what do we do? How do, how do we do it? Because we've shied away from that. We've shied away from, treating, you know, really teaching the, the fullness of God's grace because some would, would take th- that as an opportunity, man, to abuse the grace. You know, how, how we say, well, I'll do it and get forgiven later. I'll I, I do it and get permission. You know, it's, it's easier to get, you know, how how that saying go? There you go, right there. See, I know it's out there. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Because he's just going to do what I want to do and then say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. And if I ask the question, I want you to raise your hand, but if I ask the question, I know there's many in this room who've done that. You know, maybe what I even think about it. You know, well, I'm just going to go on and, Lord, forgive me. I didn't even stop and think. But see, when we understand God's grace, we won't go down that road. Amen. We won't go down that road. We won't, we won't try to, you know, manipulate God. Because that's not, that's not, that's not how, how we, we need to treat God. Not when he's given us so much love. Not when he's given us so much grace. Amen. But Romans 13, 6 and 13. Because I, I got to deal with that license to sin. Then we're we going we gonna to be, be done. Amen. Because I, I don't want people to walk away saying, ah, there's too much liberty here. Too much freedom to do what you want to do. He said, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Wow. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but what? Under grace. See, if we're under grace, sin can't have domain. It can't have control. Amen. Because I'm set free. He said, it won't have dominion. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? What's it say? God forbid. Wow. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey neither, I mean, whether of sin 
unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? Which one's it going to be? See, the choice always comes back to us. God has given us so great, so much grace. He's done everything he can. Now we got to choose. And he gives us the grace to overcome these things. Amen. It's no, no measure of rules and regulations can man put upon you to bring you out of sin. How many of us know that? You know, I used to tell people all the time, you can't be with folks 24-7. You can't watch over them all the time. You know, if they're going to choose to do what they're going to do, they're going to choose to do what they're going to do. Amen? And, and they got to choose within themselves whether I'm going to do it unto God, because they say, whatsoever you do, child of God, in word or in deed, you do all in the name of what? The Lord Jesus. So therefore, amen, the, the choices that we make, even if we don't stop and think about it, whose name are we doing them in? But if we receive his grace, amen, we won't find ourselves in that struggle. We won't be having that fight in our spirit, amen, trying to figure out, amen, because the choice is always there. So we got to choose. Now, you hear this. We got to choose whether we're going to stay on Mount Sinai where the law was given, amen, or are we going to journey with the Lord to Zion, Mount Zion, where grace abounds? Which one are you going to live on? Amen. It's going to be either Sinai or Zion. We got we got to make the choice. Amen. And can't nobody make that choice for any one of us, but we have to make that choice for ourselves. Amen. Because He's called us out of the darkness into the light. Amen. To be operating in His kingdom, and herein is the problem. Amen. Is you you can't, you know. Let's let's look at this passage. I got I got to help us here. Matthew nine seventeen says, "Neither do men put new wine into old bottles." Else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. How do we go from grace to wine in bottles? Because you can't put, you know, new truths into old mindsets. Uh-uh. And see, that's what he's talking about. You, you can't put this truth of God into a bottle that's full of law and expect both of them to operate. See, so, and that's why we got to go back to the very first verse that we started with. Amen. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So if you're new in him, now we got to get new truth new understanding, amen, so the two can grow together. But if we're going to operate with a mindset, old mindset, old ways of thinking, and we try to put some new truth in there, it won't mix. Amen. And that's why we have so many people that's broke and cracked and, you know, the, the, their, their bottle falling apart because it ain't working. Because we're still trying to operate under an old paradigm in a new kingdom. And it does not work. He wants us to come to him fully and completely. we got to make a shift, become that new person. Amen. And allow God to impart new truths. Allow his grace to operate fully and completely in our lives. Amen. And when we do that, now both are preserved and both are not perishing. My spirit is preserved. Amen. My life is preserved in him. I can be a witness to him. I can operate in the way that he wants me to operate. Why? Because I'm shutting down the old mindset. I'm shutting down the old paradigms. And I'm operating in the way that God wants me to operate. But it's by grace. And if we receive grace, what should we be doing? 
giving grace. Amen? We need to give grace, amen, to those around us. Now, see, this is an area where I could just spend a whole lot of time right there. How many of us like receiving grace? Oh, yes, 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 yes. How many of us need some help in giving grace? Come on, I should see them same hands. Huh? <laughs> them same hands. But you know what? The more we learn and understand how much we have received, the easier it becomes for us to give. Amen? Because now we be a conduit of God's grace. If you want grace in your life, more grace in your life, start giving grace. Parents, let's give our children some grace. Huh? Because of all they're trying, amen, grace covers. Amen. See, see I, 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 I like to say this. You know, I would prefer my children obey me because they honor me, they love me, and they respect me. Amen. Because when, they, when it's like that, they'll do what they're supposed to do whether I'm there or not. They'll do what they're supposed to do whether I'm around or not because they never want to disappoint me. When they really understand that. But if they're doing and obeying me because they fear me, when they get away from me, they're going to do whatever they want. When I'm not around, they ain't going to do nothing. And that's the same way I believe God is. Amen. He, he didn't come, I mean, I, he didn't come to bring, you know, the hammer. He came to bring his grace. Amen. So that now, because we love him, we honor him, Amen. And we respect who he is in our lives. Now we choose to do whatsoever because we don't want to disappoint him. Because we appreciate him so much, we come out of those things that we know displease him by our own choosing because grace is pulling us out. His love is pulling us out. And realize that God is not like an earthly father. He is everywhere. Hello. I don't need to ask who it is. I just look at the eyes. <laughs> Phone ringing up here. Amen. There's one passage I want to read to you, and then we're going to be done. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm coming out of the message. So I'm sure most of y'all don't have a message Bible with you. On your phone, use my app. Amen. Romans 5, 20, out of the message. And it says this. All that passes, passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. I, I, like, I like how I said it. That's all it produced more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. Even its sin, I mean, thank you. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. All sin can do is threaten us with death. And that's the end of it. Grace, because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into life, a life that goes on and on and on, world without end. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? Pretty good question, huh? 
I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? If you left the world where sin reigns, how can you still be in Christ and still live like the world? Live out there. Live in the way. There's a passage that lets us know when, 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 when sin abounds, it says grace does what? Much more abound. God is doing everything. Jesus has made a way, amen, regardless of what it is that we're facing, what it is that we're going through, what it is that's tempting us and trying to get us off track. He says, my grace, you've been graced by grace to come out. Grace by grace to rise above. Grace by his grace, amen, to walk in the victory. No matter what the world is trying to bring against us. Let's stand.